Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey everyone, welcome to the Truck Guy Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Guy. This is our very first episode and we're glad to have you along. The Truck Guy Podcast will be your dirt road ride to fresh inside takes on the latest truck news, test drives, how-to tips, and, more often than not, a dose or two of high-octane opinion. In this episode, we're going to be talking with Derek McNaughton. He's an Ottawa-based automotive journalist and general contractor, which means he tends to use pickup trucks for the manner in which they were designed. In other words, he knows his way around four-wheel drive and payload as well as he does his way around a T-square and a skill saw. We're glad to have him on the show to talk about new pickups that are making their way into the market this year, features he personally looks for when shopping for a truck, and, just maybe, more than a passing mention of a really cool F-Series from the 1970s. All of that's coming up in the next half hour on the Truck Guy Podcast. This is the Truck Guy Podcast with your host, Matthew Guy. Good day, sir. Welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Oh, thanks for having me on. <laughs> it's always great to talk about trucks, especially with someone who knows about much about them as you do. Thank you, sir. It's always good to talk about trucks. Uh, you know, we we need trucks. Uh, I, I need trucks in my business. Um, <clears throat> I love writing about them. I love driving them. Um, you know, it's the most popular vehicle in Canada. Yes. You know, and, and, so, and, Civics. and speaking of your business, like you do a lot of um, contracting and building work. Is that right? Correct. Yes. I'm a contractor, general contractor. So I'm using my truck the way a truck is meant to be used. Um, not just going to the mall, but uh, going to the Home Depot quite a quite. A, I said to my wife, I said, when she dies, we're going to sprinkle her ashes in Home Depot so I can visit her every day. <laughs> absolutely you're not just going for a quart of milk you're actually no exactly so so i'm hauling uh you know i need payload yeah. uh i got a trailer i need to tow and i've had i've had a lot of trucks and uh, yeah why did it back a little bit what was one of the first trucks you you owned or rode in as a kid well that's uh, so one as a kid my dad had some work trucks they were the 70s ford pickup the f-250s kind of thing Mm-hmm. And um, and I always, I guess, from that point, had a fascination with them, in, in so much so that um, I bought a '72 F250 Camper Special. And when I got in that truck, and I closed the door, that click sound that the door makes, and the way that the gear changes, the sounds that those trucks made, brought me right back to when I was a kid. 
And and uh, recently I bought a 79 uh, a Ford Ranger camper special, 4x4 manual, long box, super cab, but that truck as well. Same thing. When I opened the door and closed the door, it had that same familiar sound. You change the gears or move the gear shift, it sounded exactly the same. And I, there was just something about it. So it such a, had such a solid feel to it. Um, and it was just a really super cool truck. And, uh, you know, I still like the F-250s, I think, the, especially the older ones, <clears throat> which are becoming really, um, you know, sought after collector items now. Yeah, because they are a good-looking truck. And, um, I mean, when they went to the Bullnose in the yep. 1980, um, but yep. the ones then just before that, you know, the, those are the ones that I think. And I, I, can, I can appreciate that click that you heard when you closed yeah. the door. Yeah, yeah, no, it's unique. Anybody who's ever owned one will know exactly what we're talking about. Switching forward, there's uh, there's some new trucks coming up in 2021. And um, as a truck journalist, you've got your finger on the pulse for this type of stuff. There's um, We're probably going to see a new Tundra, Silverado refresh as well. Correct, um, yeah, both those, both those trucks. Those These are these are pretty big deals. Um, I think the, the Tundra is probably the biggest deal. Why is that? The big thing is we haven't seen a new Tundra since 2007 okay so there was a refresh in 2014 okay. uh, but it wasn't much of a, it's still the same frame it's still the same you know architecture um basically the same engine since 2014 um you know the, the new truck is going to be a, a generational shift like we haven't seen before you know all new electrical components all new interior all new engines all new uh, drivetrain transmission and uh, you know, and new engines, so so it's a it's yeah. a big change. Like everything's being changed. Um, and from what I've gathered, talking to dealers and uh, and and even Toyota reps, um, they're super excited. So I think they're putting a lot into this truck because they know it's probably going to be another ten or twelve years or even longer before the next one comes along. So yes. And that's Toyota's way of doing things. I mean, they put a lot of, you know, R&D in the front end, and then they let the truck carry on for years and years. And it just becomes, you know, gravy after that, you know, profit gravy train after that, because, you know, they're not doing all kinds of R&D on it. And, you know, they're not retooling the factory to make a new version or anything like that. So it is a smart way of doing it You're, yeah. you're right, because yeah. they, they've got a proven product. And now once they plow the R&D into this, 2022 yeah. model coming up they'll be able to carry that forward for x number of years as well you're right yeah. yeah no they will for sure and the other thing is that it brings about you know they start to stamp out all kinds of you know any problems that that they could mm. stamp those out right away and i think that's why that's partly why um other than the fact it's a toyota but um i think that's why the current generation uh tundra <clears throat> as well as the forerunner and the tacoma which you know been around a long time um they're some of the most reliable vehicles on the road today they consistently rank in the top you know one two and three for most reliable and best resale as well mm. um absolutely and- they really do both for resale and for you know anyone that i know who has one swears by them yeah yeah well to be honest i mean i you know full disclosure i have a 2018 trd sport um, the, and so i've owned it uh since i guess uh i think it was 17 so i've had it through a little over three years and um the only thing i've had to do is oil changes on the truck so it's just regular maintenance stuff just regular maintenance stuff that's it, we've, so. we've seen some spy shots like we've seen some official shots of yep. the truck coming up right yeah because, so you know so the, but what, what do you think's going on with 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 the rear end because all of the spy shots have had 
like some sort of curtain or some yeah. sort of camouflage by the rear end. What I'm, yeah. I'm interested to hear your take on what you think. Yep. Might yep. Be so it's, I think it's pretty clear now. It's um, we've seen the debut of the new Land Cruiser 300, okay. uh, which is going to be the Lexus LX in um, in uh, in North America. But um, that is pretty much the underpinnings of the new TNGA F. A platform that's gonna that's gonna underpin the the tundra. Okay. Um, I think we're gonna see the tundra on September nineteenth. That's my guess. Is because you're right, Matthew. In, in a lot of the teaser shots that they've been sort of slipping out, um, it has been a long and painful teaser sort of process, and <laughs> you need to get on with it and just show us the damn truck. But um, uh, one of them had a picture of a of a wireless uh, charging. Uh, for a cell phone, and on the and the date on there was, or uh, the time, sorry, on it was nine nineteen. Yes, and that coincides with pretty close to the Texas State Fair, and of course the Tundra is built in Texas, and if it's just before the Texas State Fair, well, that's the ideal time to show the truck, right? Indeed, so, yes. So, so that could be the case. Um, now, um, but going back to your question, the uh, the new platform. So what what they're trying to conceal at the back there is the fact that the new truck won't be, have a leaf spring rear suspension. It'll be coil springs for sure. Mm-hmm. And there could even be the option for uh, for an air ride, um, which like just like the Ram has, yes. um, which would be a pretty pretty big thing for uh you know for Toyota to embark on. Um, but again the coil spring suspension is is kind of a almost a definite because that's exactly what we're seeing in the Lexus sorry in the um, in the in the Land Cruiser. Um, and, uh, and, and that's okay because, you know, that just lends to a better ride, you know, truck ride right now isn't bad, but yeah, you get some bucking and it's not, not the smoothest, but a cool springs, uh, suspension is, uh, you ride in any of the Ram trucks, you notice it's like, wow, this is quite nice. This is really comfortable. You really and, do. Uh, and it doesn't give up, um, you know, in terms of payload or in no. terms of, in terms of, um, towing capacity for tongue weight and things like that. It, yeah. it it's still... Yeah, yeah, it can actually give up a little bit in terms of payload, and but okay. right now, I mean, the payload right now in the Tundra is 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 not very great. It's mm. like seventeen hundred pounds, something like that. Like not a whole lot. Towing's not great, ninety eight hundred or something like that. Um, uh, but they're saying it's going to be substantially increased, and it really needs to be. I mean, uh, so I hauled forty bags, was it forty bags of concrete recently? Each bag about sixty pounds, and. Mm. The sag on my truck was insane. Like I couldn't believe how much sag there was. It was it was pretty sad to be. I took a picture of it. It was so I you know it's time for that payload to death that payload number to to go up for sure. Gotcha. And then towing too. Um, so that's one big thing that we'll yeah. probably see in the Tundra. But the other big thing, and it's something <clears throat> truck guys have been crying about for a long, long time. Like the Crewmax is a really great. Uh, you know, the big full four doors is really great. And there's a lot of room in the back seat of a crew max, which everyone really likes, but you can only get a five and a half foot box on the crew max. But the new one, it looks like from the spy shots again, uh, we've seen, it looks like you can get a six and a half foot box on a crew max, which is, that's big. That's a big news thing for, uh, for, for the Tundra. If that's the case. It really is. Cause that'll bring it to, um, that'll bring the goods to the F-150 because you can get that combination in. You can. In blue oval stores, you can indeed, and it's uh, as a contractor, um, you know, having that extra space is really kind of like when you're carrying long lumber. Like any, you know, if I have to carry ten footers, it's yeah. a bit of a challenge. Like just ten footers, but you know, with a longer box, it makes a big difference. You don't have so much hanging out the backs. But I think the bigger thing 
with a 6.5-foot box and the crew max, you'll get guys that are in the Tacoma that have the long box, but, you know, but have the long box because they have it for the snow machines or for their ATVs. Snow machines especially, you need the long box. So right. suddenly the Tundra can be used to haul a snowmobile, which you can't really do with a crew max right now. You'd have to go for the double cap. That's right. Yeah. And you'll yeah. end up, I, that's, that's very smart. That's very astute because um, you'll have the ability for people to trade into something new, people who are already in the Toyota ecosystem to trade yeah. into something new. Exactly. Right. No, and I think what you'll see is guys coming up from the Tacoma because yeah. uh, they're not really happy with that 3.5 liter. You know, it's, it's, uh, that engine's a bit, it's okay. It's got a lot of power, but the torque band is really, really high. You really got to get into it. And the rev's got to be way high before you get any power out of that truck. So, um, Unlike the existing, you know, 5.7 liter in the in the Tundra now, um, which is super smooth engine, love that engine, great V8, um, but I think we're gonna we might you know see the end of that engine. It might be it might stay on as kind of the base engine, but I think um, we'll probably see um, by all reports, everything I've read. Again, looking at the new Land Cruiser, it's going to be a 3.5 liter twin turbo V6, 409, 410 horsepower, 480 pound feet of torque, somewhere around those numbers, with a 10 speed automatic. That's mm-hmm. everything I've everything points in that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, Toyota's Toyota said you know it's an I force engine and everything else. So. Yeah, that all lines up quite well, and yeah. it really does. It lines up quite well, and those numbers are very much in line with anything from, um, like the F one hundred and fifty hybrid, for example. You know, there's that's a huge. That's five hundred and seventy foot pounds of torque over there. On yeah, on the, the Ford F one hundred and fifty power boost, uh, as yeah. they call it. It's uh, that's the hybrid. It's got five hundred and seventy pound good torque, four hundred and thirty horse, and, uh, and, and again, from the three point five liter V six. So <laughs> you know, it's um, yeah. These are huge numbers. These are huge numbers. I know. I know. When you think back to the seventies, when you know two hundred and seventy horse was a lot. You know. Yeah. So I have a, as you know, I have an eighty-three Toyota FJ sixty, but that thing only has one hundred and thirty-eight horsepower, like a tractor. But it will. It it is like a tractor, and it will keep going, and it will do its job until the end of time. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Back in the cockroaches, or its parts legislated off the road. Speaking of that F-150 hybrid, there, I mean, as a, as, a, as a contractor doing a lot of carpentry, surely there must be an application for you that you can think of with that 7.2 kilowatt pro power on board yep. tool. So, yeah, that's funny, you know, because uh, this is the part I just love. It's like, so Ford keeps advertising, oh, look, you could run, you could run this, uh, your miter saw off the back. Yeah. You, could, you could run your, this, this tool or that tool or whatever. But they're forgetting the fact that almost every tool available today and almost every tool every contractor uses right now is battery. Oh, right. Nobody's plugging in. There are no more corded tools. I mean, maybe miter saws because they, you know, they're usually 15, sort of 15 amps or so. But um, but the one thing that the truck would be ideal for is charging those batteries because a lot of times you're in places that, you know, it's either you got to run a long cord and you're, you know, like battery charging is, a, you know, it's kind of a, it's a constant on any job site. So, you know, that's what I think that onboard, you know, generator, a 2.4 kilowatt unit or whatever size of that is. I think you get different sizes on depending on, on how much you pay. Depending um, on how much you pay and what powertrain you get. Yeah, I think yeah. 7.2 kilowatts is like the, the highest you can get. The highest, yeah. I think the standard is 2.4 or something. So, that's right, yeah. Um, but again, it's so it's not so much the able to run the tools off it; it's able to charge your batteries on it on a construction site. But again, and you know, same with the generator, you're not going to be running. You know, 
you're going to be running off a gas generator, right? So, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's handy to have. I mean, I think more important than just having a sort of charge port in the back is having storage abilities. I'm not a huge fan of the RAM boxes because right. people forget this. Like, you open up a RAM box. I mean, I like the idea and I like the concept, but but if I'm putting stuff into the side of my pickup truck and I open up the side of the pickup truck, normally it's either going to hit the side of the truck as I'm putting it in or it's, if something's dangling, it's going to hit. So okay. the potential to scratch the side of your truck is really high. I want something inside the bed that I can just you know open up and boom, put stuff away and have it dry and have it not get wet. Tonal covers, I think, are great. They mm-hmm. they still could be, you know, they could be advanced a bit more. But but I think in bed storage, something like like you know, the Ridgeline has that great in bed storage unit. I love that thing. Like it's huge. You could put all kinds of stuff in there. And it's out of the way. It's locked. It's out of the way. You just lift up part of the bed. It's super strong. You know, you can still put tons of stuff on top of it. I'm not advocating the Ridgeline as a as a pickup truck because I think it's more of a you know it's more of an urban truck, which is fine. Yeah. And it's it's great for what it does. You know, it is kind of a, basically a pilot with a with the back you know cut off of it. But, yes, yeah. But th- that storage bed in the in the Ridgeline is genius, and I'd love to see that or some other kind of form like that um, in in a in a new new pickup um, and and bed lighting as well. And and, and that's lighting. true because you need to be able to see what you're doing back there. And there's yeah. You can't exactly. have enough lights, as far as I'm concerned. You can't concerned. have enough lights, and you got to have the switches in the back. You can't have them in the cab because then you got to walk forward to get them. Like GM had a really good bed lighting system, but the to activate the switch, you had to go into the cab. Ford did it the other way, where you could actually click it on from the from the bed itself, which is really yep. small. I like that. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, you got to be able to see. And the other thing is is just tie downs. Like so, the existing Tundra right now has, I think there's, I have a bed cleat system in mine, which doesn't right. do much. The existing tie down, there's only four in the truck. You need some on the floor, you need some halfway up, and then you need some near the top because your your loads are always different. And you know, having different configurations of tie downs makes your variable loads that much easier to tie down. You need to tie down. You can't just use gravity to keep your load. It's <laughs> not going to work. Definitely not. And we've all had the experience of it not working. So it really has. And of course, now the most important part of any tie down system is after you tie down your load, whatever you have, your payload, is to pull on the strap and say, that's not going anywhere. Exactly. If, if you, you say that's that- not going anywhere, oh. Funny story, I actually lost a sheet of drywall on the road one time. Bravo! I know. And I said to my son, that's not going anywhere. And he's like, Dad, that looks like it's going somewhere. And sure enough, it flipped out of the truck. But the the nice thing was it landed so flat, we were able to pick it up and use that drywall sheet in the end. Yes, good. Crazy, crazy, crazy. crazy. That's so, yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, absolutely. so since you are a truck person, right, who actually uses them for work, I guess the tie downs are, are there other features too that you well, yeah, storage have must haves on your truck. So the tie downs, lots of tie downs for yeah. for um, storage, you know, for straps, yeah. straps, and and other things that you kind of always keep in the bed. Um, yeah. But here's the big thing that still drives me crazy: um, it's just the ease of access to the bed. Now Chevy yeah. does a great job with their bumper steps. I think that's simple effective you know it's got the bumper step and it's got a little place you can hang on to ford does a great job you still gotta pull the you know their their step is pretty deep 
I call it the old man step because that's you know, I'm getting to be an old man, and um, you know they, it is harder and harder to get into the back of a truck, and get, and not just get in, but getting out too, because you don't want to be jumping off the back, you know, onto the ground because who knows what you could you know bend or twist. Um, and so, first you slip on something, nail whatever. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's so easy to hurt yourself kind of getting in and out of the truck as you get older, and you know, and everything doesn't work like it used to. Um, Ram is is really cool in terms of. I like their um, their multifunction tailgate. Yes. Genius idea, 60-40 sort of split thing, and yep. yet it can still fold down like a traditional gate. Um, as long as you have some other sort of step that can get you up there. Um, um, and and you're, you're, you're right, you're right about the bumper step with, with GM. I mean, because there's no moving parts. And yeah. I don't know if they pioneered it, but arguably they popularized it with the Avalanche car 20 years ago. Yes. Right? That's, that's it was, exactly it, right. That's exactly right. right. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and that's one of the best answers for getting up into the truck anyways. The other it stuff really is, is absolutely is cool, but it really is. And if mm-hmm. they could just make them, you know, you know, either you know, big enough for a boot to fit into, perfect. You know, so yeah. there you go. Exactly, uh, because what do you well, what are you wearing on your on your <laughs> what are you wearing on your feet out on a construction site? It's not flip flops. Yeah. No, it's not it's uh, yeah, it's gotta be uh, composite toe. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. So and and then that step, whatever it is, it should be big enough for you to well, exactly, because most times, you know, it is work boots or whatever. And, yeah, the other thing, going back inside of the truck, you know, they always talk about wearing work gloves in the truck. Well, nobody wears work gloves in the truck. They get in the truck, and what's the first thing you do? You take your gloves off because they're dirty, right? So you take them <laughs> off, and you need a place to put those gloves. And then, yeah, you want big knobs and stuff, which a lot of trucks have, but it's not because you're wearing them with gloves. You just want them because they're easier to grab than these tiny yeah. knobs, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was the marketing always drives me crazy on these things, especially when they try to market to truck guys. Um, yeah. <laughs> have, have space for your work boots, not your work gloves. Hey, Correct. Correct. Right? Yeah. And and you know, and have mats and floors and stuff that you know are that are easy to clean. You know, you don't have to have the rubber floor. I don't think that's you know, I like a carpeted floor too, but yeah. you know, have factory mats that you know, you know, to keep the dirt to, to a minimum. For sure. Mm. Right. And, and and are at least easy to shake out and stuff like that. There's a couple of yeah. good ones on the market there that are locked yeah. in place. And, and again, going and wireless charging too, like for your phone, because that's where the truck lives so, or where the phone lives. So, yeah, wireless charging, really important. Yeah. Um, um, because yeah. you're out there and, doing work and talking to your customers. So. Absolutely. And, you know, and, and onboard Wi-Fi too. Like that's uh, that's key. You know, that's GM's fair. had that for a long time now. And I um, – you know, and I, I applaud them, and uh, and I'm sure that'll carry on with the with the new Silverado, which I heard today mm-hmm. is going to be seen or is going to debut on September 9th. That would make again that again lining up with the State Fair of Texas ish, right? Correct. Yeah. It's in that month, and mm-hmm. yeah. they they introduced and first showed the 2019 around that they, same time. Back yeah. in 2018 at State Fair of Texas, exactly. Yeah, and here we are already with the new truck, mind you. When that truck debuted back then, it it was kind of it was unfortunate that it got saddled with an interior that still looked a little bit like the old interior. Mm-hmm. I think that was the biggest criticism of that truck. Um, but the new truck is supposed to get an all new interior, which I think is going to look just very much like what we've already seen on the Chevy Tahoe, the Yukon, and Suburban with the uh, <clears throat> GM's Global B electrical architecture. Um, yeah, that's yeah. that's a really big advancement. That means over-the-air updates, stuff like right. that. Um, and that. Isn't it funny? Because, I mean, that type of stuff now is just as important as some of the other, quote-unquote, traditional things that we would have been talking about trucks 10 years ago. 
Oh yeah, yeah. In terms of like horsepower and yeah, yeah, and yeah. torque and towing and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, how connected are we? Yeah, because we're connected, right? To our trucks, and, and and they really are. Like you know, the one, you know, the marketing part about trucks uh, is they really are. You know, a mobile office at the same time, and a lot of times, you know, you need your trucks to do stuff when you're on site and doesn't have the ability. The, the site itself doesn't have the ability to do it. You know, either whether it's power or whether it's whether it's Wi-Fi. So. Um, you know, when your truck can be counted on for that kind of stuff, that's that's a big deal. Before we go, I gotta ask, I gotta ask, like, is there is there a truck or or a feature that's on a truck that has surprised you, like in the past? It could be something recent, or it could be something from back in your F two fifty days. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm always sort of, um, I'm always, I, I guess, you know, what I was really surprised when uh, when Chevrolet brought the. Uh, Brought the an inline six baby Duramax to the right. Silverado. I was I was really surprised that they did that. Yeah. Um, I love that engine, by the way. I think it's a Ooh. I think it's a great great engine, turbo diesel, four hundred sixty uh, horsepower, sorry, four hundred sixty pound feet of torque. Yeah. Um, um, so I'm I guess I'm still surprised that um, diesel is still you know still part of the truck. The marketplace, mm-hmm. uh, despite all the noise, you know, against diesel, um, some of it's justified for sure. But at the same time, the emissions and the diesel exhaust fluid setups that a lot of these trucks have make them cleaner than their gasoline counterparts. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, you know, they're they're no more less they're no more dirty than than a gasoline truck. And <clears throat> and I'm always, you know, uh, I guess I'm still shocked that diesel is still around. I mean, I, think well, yeah, so I love diesel. Fuel, yeah. I, I, I've always liked diesel. I love the, you know, the torque, the simplicity, the longevity, the, the, the gas mileage you get from a, from a diesel. Um, yeah. There's some rumor that, you know, the new Tundra might even have a diesel because the Land Cruiser has a diesel option um, yeah. in yeah. some parts of the world. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, that would be pretty amazing if that's the case, you know, there's a, um, they and Toyota did just release a video about what is diesel in the United States. So that's and the timing was right around there releasing the teasers. So it seemed that it so it seems like you know they might actually even is it going to be an option? Maybe you know Maybe. I'd be sh- I'd Maybe be with both feet. Who knows? I'd be really shocked if it was. Too, but sure. but but there's a 3.3 liter twin turbo V6 diesel in the new Land Cruiser. Um, you know it's a new engine. Uh, 516 pound feet of torque. You know that pairs up really nicely with uh, with Ford's uh, Ford's diesel. I think it's 440 pound feet of torque. Yeah. Um, so yeah. so they would be out on top with that if that's if that's what they were going to do. But but historically, I mean, they don't really have the infrastructure for it. They don't have the dealer network or the dealer you know mechanics aren't set up for any of that stuff yet. So mm-hmm. it would be a big sort of sea change if Toyota did decide to go diesel. I can't see it happening. It would be a shock. Um but there's you know hints of it here and there. So right? Maybe it, it keeps us talking if nothing else, right? So that I think has been the biggest surprise. And and the fact that you know Silverado came out with that uh inline six turbo diesel. Yeah. Uh, I love that engine. It's really it's really uh smooth. Um inline six, you know, inherently the most balanced engine you can get. It really is just very, yeah. very balanced. Yeah. yeah, that's what's in my Land Cruiser in inline six. That's super cool, Derek. Derek, thanks for hanging out and talking trucks with us today. My pleasure, Matthew. Always a pleasure talking to you, my friend. Sounds good. Take care. You too. That was Derek McNaughton, an expert on trucks and all-around gearhead. He made some excellent observations about the upcoming Tundra 
including the 919 timestamp that was shown on a teaser photo from the company. You know, I looked at that photo myself when it was released and tried to parse some meaning out of it. And it's not horsepower, I said, nor displacement, but I think Derek's right on the money, saying it's a clue to a possible September 19th unveiling. And it's always cool to hear about personal trucks belonging to other like-minded truck people. His observation about the click sound made by the door in that old F-Series couldn't be more accurate. I grew up in a 1978 Chevy Blazer, and there are certain sounds that bring me right back to that old blue 4x4. With some great memories. And I'll wager that more than a few of our listeners have similar memories as well. But that's our episode. Big thanks to this week's guest, Derek McNaughton, producer Adam Foster, and for all the listeners for joining us on the Truck Guy podcast. Be sure to check out Driving.ca, where you'll find the best in truck reviews, videos, and breaking news. While you're there, use the site's comparison tool for head-to-head shopping and sign up for their Blindspot newsletter. It'll be delivered to your inbox every Saturday morning, featuring a roundup of the past week's most important automotive news. And be sure to subscribe to The Truck Guy wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Music, so you can hear this truck-loving Newfoundlander and his guests tell a few stories while talking about pickup trucks and 4x4s. Thanks for listening. (music) 